I say, God will take away your pain today. Amen. I'm glad that we serve a God that can do that and who is able to take away the pain. Many people are hurting across this world today. Many people are hurting and uh, they're looking for answers that they do not seem to be able to find where they can get that answer. May I say that the answer is in the Lord Jesus Christ today. Uh, he's got all of the answers. Amen. And if we'll just trust in him and let it go and try not to do it all ourselves, then let God take care of what needs to be taken care of. And he'll do that. Amen. Turn in your Bibles, if you will, with me to Mark chapter number 5. Mark chapter number 5 in the precious book today. I appreciate you being here. I count it an honor and a privilege to pastor you and to preach to you this morning. I don't take it lightly. I take the responsibility seriously. And uh, I thank God for you. I really do. Mark chapter 5, when you have your place, I'll ask you to all stand, kindly would, for reverence to the reading of the Word of God and prayer for the message this morning. Mark chapter 5 and verse number 1, the Bible says, And they came over unto the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately they met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, no, not with chains. Because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and chains had him plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. And when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him, and cried with a loud voice, and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. And now there was there nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine, that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea, and they were about two thousand, and were choked in the sea. And they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was uh, uh, that was done. And they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil. And had the legion sitting and, and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And they that saw him told him how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil. And also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of their coast. And when he was come to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home, 
to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him and all men did marvel. I want to use this as a thought this morning and God being my helper when the maniac meets the master. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, God in Jesus' name. Lord, I come to you with a humble heart needing your help today. For Father, I can't do anything without you, Lord. And I ask you to undergird me with your spirit and power from above. Lord, as I stand before your people and preach, thus saith the word of God, I count it as an honor. And Lord, I want to rightly divide the word. And Lord, with you touching my mind and these lips of clay, I can do that this morning. Lord, for I can do all things through thee which strengthens me. Lord, I pray you touch this throat, God. I pray that you would touch the heart of each and every individual here. God, I pray that you would open up their minds, dear God, uh, to the preaching of thus saith the word of God. And Lord, most of all, if they be one here present that's lost and undone, doesn't know you from the free pardon of sin, God, I pray in the lovely name of Jesus, Lord, that you would reach down from the windows of heaven, God, and Lord, be able to touch their heart with the convicting power that only you can provide. Save that individual before it's everlasting too late. And God, will thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Of course, we see the Lord Jesus Christ and his disciples uh, uh, that have just got off of the ship uh, right there at the country of the Gadarenes. And they meet this maniac, if you will, this demoniac, this man uh, by the name of Legion. And that name Legion is a term that come from uh, the Roman armies. And when they were a term that, that name Legion, they, they were making this particular suggestion. When they looked upon a legion of the army of the Romans, uh, they would be about 6,000 of those uh, soldiers. So the Bible here is telling us this morning that there are actually 6,000 demons in this one man by the name of Legion. He is in the tombs. He is living among the tombs. He is cutting himself. He's trying to hurt himself. And they've tried to have him bound. And they've tried to have him bound with chains. And they've had to try to, try to have him bound with fetters. And yet every time that he was bound, he broke those bonds that were there that were trying to keep him under control and if you think about the tombs in this day the tombs were nothing more than a, a cave in the side of that mountain to where they would throw uh, uh, dead bodies and they would take them to the back of that cave uh, so if you can imagine this man that once probably most likely had a family if you can imagine this man that once likely probably did have children uh, had lost his mind and been possessed with demons uh, about 6,000 demons and he made his home in the cemetery. I can tell you first of all today that this had to have been a miserable man. A miserable man named Legion. And it's a picture of what it means to be lost today without the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a picture 
picture of what life is like away from the Lord. He was a demented man, not in his right mind. It's a picture of what sin will do to your life. The worst form of insanity today is a spiritual insanity. And sin can take a person and make them less than what they're meant to be. And scripture is plain. And scripture is clear about demonic forces. And it seemed that they growed extremely fast in the form and fashion when, when Christ Jesus appeared onto the scene. And I believe that demon possession and demon trouble and trouble with the devil has increased in the days in which we live. And the only excuse that I can give you today is that the devil knows that Jesus Christ is coming soon. And he's going to try to disrupt everything that the Lord tries to do. But I'm here to tell you I've read the back of the book. I know without a shadow of a doubt who wins this battle. It's the Lord Jesus Christ who has the victory. Listen, he's never lost a battle and he's not going to lose this war. You and I may lose some things down through this life. We may lose some spiritual battles as the enemy tries to take over the control of your mind. But I'm here to tell you, as long as we keep Christ first, as long as we can give that battle over to the Lord Jesus, my friend, that's all that matters and He will bring you the victory. You see, the devil's real. Christ talked with him in the Scripture. Many a people picture the devil as a figure walking around in a red union suit. Y'all know what union suits are, some of you older, right? Walking around in a red union suit with a long tail and a pitchfork. Horns. That's not what the devil looks like today. If he looked like that, everybody would be scared of him. The devil looks like you and I. A matter of fact, the, the Bible says that he can take on an image uh, as an angel of light. In other words, he's deceptive and he's de deceiving in everything uh, that he does. Uh, and all of this demonic activity has uh, completely came back around twofold and is, uh, and is impacting our society today. Uh, the Bible says that he was a man, this man named Legion, of an unclean spirit. Uh, and I can think that it indicates something of the moral filth uh, that sin brings into the life of an individual. I have never never seen a time in the ministry as long as I've been saved some 26 years I have never seen a time where the demons of drinking and the demons of drugs are destroying the lives that they are destroying folks if we don't open our hearts to Jesus this morning we open our hearts to Satan we open our hearts to sin and for you young people here that have never had alcohol to touch your lips let me remind you, don't even contemplate it. Don't even think about it. Because, my friend, I'm here to tell you, you don't become an alcoholic on the last drink that you drunk. You become an alcoholic when it first touches your lips. Because if you never would have took the first drink, there never would have been an addicted drink down the road. Stay away from it. When kids come to you, your friends, and think that you're going to move yourself up in popularity... 
friend, that does not make you popular. That pulls you down uh, in the moral filth of this world. Uh, and God forbid that they offer you some kind of drug. Uh, my friend, that would pull you down uh, and possibly take your life. Uh, and it will do that if you're not very careful and fill your mind today with the things of Christ uh, and the things of God's holy word. Because if you don't, uh, the devil will get in uh, and he'll move his demons around uh, to where it'll tempt you uh, to fall into the same trap. But not only young people and teenagers, but I'm talking about adults too. Stay away from it. Stay away from it. I've I've led some alcoholics and drug addicts to the Lord in my days. And the first thing I tell them is you need to get a new set of friends. You need to start hanging around godly people and you need to get yourself in church and you need to get yourself to discipled by the Word of God and to learn how to live your life as a Christian because I'm here to tell you, once they get saved, they don't know no better. They don't know any better at all. All they know is the same life that they've lived their entire life. Um, now they know that there's something that took place. They know that there's something that took place in their heart. And they know they're a new creature. Uh, but a lot of times they have to be uh, uh, they have to be discipled all the time. But they have to be moved into the right direction to where they can stay away from these types of things. Uh, listen, he was a demented man, meaning he was not in his right mind. And when his mind opened up. The demons went in And the mind An idle mind Is a playground for the devil Don't never sit around With an idle mind Because things Start going through your mind That you don't want there Alright He was not only A demented man But he was a dead man (laughs) You see he didn't look dead He was moving a they were in the cemetery, living in the cemetery A place where they Took the dead And left them behind He made his home there Folks, the living don't like to be among the dead. Amen. The living don't like to be among the dead. What do you mean, preacher? Let me give you an example. I remember many a times we've had funerals here. We'd have a like, let's just give you an example. We'll have the a funeral on a Saturday morning and then on a Friday night they'll have the receiving of the friends. Uh, they'll put that coffin right here. And then Friday night when the receiving of the friends is gone and I'm here by myself uh, and I'm turning out the lights, uh, I'm like, oh... Dead person ain't gonna hurt you, but it might make you hurt yourself. Amen. And then I remember one time years ago we'd done that, and I had to come back to the church that night about midnight. I'd left something here that I needed, and I, I came back to the church, and guess where it was? Under the pulpit. The body's laying right here. They didn't even close it, he was still open. I'm in the building by myself. I come in the back door, not thinking, come in the back door. I come through this door here. It's pitch black in the sanctuary, and I get about right here, and I realize where I'm at. I felt uncomfortable. I must tell you the truth. Listen, if you're alive today, you really don't want to be around dead things. That's the same way spiritually. If you're alive in Christ, you don't want to be around dead things. Amen. You want to be around life. You want to be around some vibrance. You want to be around something that's moving. And I'm not talking about Satan today, but I'm talking about the Holy Spirit of God. When I walk past that coffin, I'm like, oh my, I forgot he was in here. And if you'll notice, there's no light switches on the doors. 
They're all back there. I had to walk past and go back there, and I turned on the light, and I came up here. I told the gentleman good night, and I left. <laughs> I don't think he heard me, but I meant well. Amen. He was a dead man. This man's uh, place of living represents and reflects the condition of your heart today. You see, he was spiritually dead. You see, you may be a walking picture of health today, but you're a dead man if you're lost without Christ. You're a dead man and you're dead spiritually if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. And all this led to a defeated life. He was a defeated man. A man that allowed no restraints. They attempted to bind him, but they could not. It's a picture of society today. If it feels good, go ahead and do it. I'm here to tell you, if it feels good, it's probably wrong. If it tastes good, it's probably bad for you. Amen. Don't get caught up in the things of this world because it will pull you down spiritually. And he was a defeated man. This is a picture of society. I was reading not too long ago an article, and it was a spiritual article, but it made mention to Elvis Presley. And the article said that he admitted himself, Elvis admitted himself, that he was most miserable because he had no peace in his heart. And that was told uh, many years before he even passed away. And even on up a few months before he passed away. You see, he was a dead man walking. He was demented and he was defeated. Here is a man that had multi-millions uh, of dollars. Uh, I think he sold nearly 500 million albums. Uh, he had Cadillacs. Uh, he had bunches of girlfriends and wives. If you count that as a plus, I mean, listen, you don't need but one, amen? And it needs to be the one you're married to. Hey, hallelujah. Amen. If y'all didn't say amen right there, I'm going to have to check y'all out. <laughs> amen? Let's get serious now. Huh? I mean, you know, a, a, a man that had Graceland. Named after a beautiful Bible word. Graceland. Man could have anything in life that he wanted, but he died a miserable man. And he was miserable because he had not the peace of God inside of his heart. And that was by his own testimony. I don't know what happened to the man before he died. He could have repented and he may be in heaven today. I don't know. But just because you can sing How Great Thou Art with a southern gospel quartet around a piano with your wine glasses sitting on the piano does not make you no more a Christian than lipstick. And a wig makes a pig a poodle. Amen. I'm here to tell you uh, the Lord Jesus Christ can change your life. But just because you can sing it doesn't mean that you've got it. <laughs> a lot of people have talent. I'll be honest with you. You can take all the talent in this world and you can keep it. Give me somebody anointed by God. Let's get them up here and sing. I remember this lady years ago, bless her heart, she no longer comes here, but uh, she, uh, uh, she's still in church somewhere, she's somewhere, I don't even know where she goes, but anyway, uh, listen, she, did, she couldn't carry a tune in the bucket, but she wanted to sing, and Josh, she'd get up here, and she'd sing that song you sing, God on the Mountain. She couldn't carry a tune in the bucket, but when she sang it, people shouted the house down. God just moved in the place. Why? Because she had God all over her. That made the difference. It's awesome to have talent and the anointing of God. 
But if I have to choose, give me the anointing, you can keep the talent. Because I know that the anointing of God will get something done uh, with, uh, through us that we can't do on our own. When God's living through you, when God is speaking to you, my friend, you can get something done and you can have the peace of God. For Isaiah 48 and 22 says, There is no peace, saith the Lord, unto the wicked. In other words, if there's no Jesus, there is no peace. If you got Jesus, you'll have peace. A lot of things in life will run through your mind during the day. A lot of things will, 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 will speak to you during the day and your mind will get off sidetracked and, and you'll begin thinking about things that may be coming up tomorrow. You may be thinking about family that's twisted and out of the will of God. You may be thinking about the terrible job that you're going to on the next morning. And you think about those things and it keeps you awake all night long. May I say today, and I'll say it with confidence, if you've got Jesus where he needs to be, you ain't going to have to worry about staying up all night long worried about that stuff. Amen. Now listen, I'm not saying if you worried all night last night about something today that you're not saved and that you don't have God. That's not what I'm saying. But when you're saved and you've got God and you turn it all over to God, you'll have peace. You'll have peace. But number two, I not only see a miserable man, but I see a mighty Savior. When Legion ran to meet them, the disciples, I do believe, were probably scared. They probably wanted to get out of the way of this uh, uh, maniac, if you will, the demoniac. But Christ was not scared. He stood firm. And I see the Savior's perception here along about verse number 8. You see, when Jesus looked at this man, he seen humanity. Jesus called him a man. Although he didn't look like a man, sin made him anything but a man. And Jesus sees us not for what we are but for what we can be in His power and in His grace. Listen, I'm the one of the least this morning. I probably shouldn't even be standing up here because of my past. You've got past. I've got past. Everybody's probably got a sinful past. Matter of fact, everybody's got a sinful past. But see, God looked past my past, forgave me of all of my sins, and put me on a road where I could live for Him. Now you see, Christ didn't look at the bad things in my life and the past uh, that was in my life, but He seen what could happen with me after He forgave me of those sins and after He came into my life. And it made a difference in my life. It made a difference in your life. And it'll make a difference in anybody's life today that will truly give their heart and life to Jesus Christ. You'll get up off of an altar prayer. You'll want to go to church. You'll want to go and learn more about the Word. And you'll want to go and tell others about God. And people will be wanting to call on you to pray because they see that there's a change in your life. This is what the mighty Savior can do. Jesus sees us not for what we are, but for what we can be. 
Through his power and his grace. It's amazing what Jesus can do in a life. Jesus saw this man's hesitancy here in the Bible. One minute this legion is worshiping. And the next minute he was saying, what have I to do with thee? In other words, Jesus saw the spiritual struggle that was taking place. Isn't that true for all of us today? Isn't there a spiritual struggle that goes on all the time each and every day? It seems like you got the enemy wanting to pull you one way. And you've got God pulling you the other way. As I rolled on my way to church this morning, God began to speak to me about them little door hangers. And I got up Casey Creek Road and I was like, Lord, I don't need to be stopping. I need to get on the church. And I knew I had plenty of time. I was trying to talk my way out of it. And the devil tried to talk me way out of it. I said, no, I'm going to go ahead and do it. So I pulled over on the wrong side of the road. I prayed for them people and I slid this thing in their newspaper box and went on to the next house and kept a rolling just like that. And I guess I hit 15 or 20 houses between my house and the church and prayed for each and every one and folks you never know this might be a little bit of hope for somebody that they know that somebody cares for them and that they know that somebody loves them and they, they know that we're praying for them and it gives them an opportunity to reach back out to us because listen I love this community I love our people our community is big our community is great our community is large when you reach on up to the, to the foothills of South South Carolina and North Carolina and into North Carolina the other way. My friend and people come here and enjoy the service. I'm here to tell you we've got a large community. Amen. And when that happens and I thank God for these folks that drive an hour to come to church. That, that just thrills my heart. It's nothing that I've done but it's all because of the power of Christ that they would come and worship with us uh, and help us in the word of God uh, and in the ministry. Uh, but my friend this is true for all of us today. Uh, it, the devil's always trying to pull one way and talk you out of doing something great but yet God continues to push you in the way of righteousness it's a battle each and every day and sometimes you have to step out on the bow of your ship and say devil I rebuke you in the name of Jesus I'm going to do what thus saith the word of God and I'm going to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ oh thank God I'm just hearing great reports of the ministries that this church supports and when we send the funds out and the souls that are being saved. Listen, we can't build a college in India, but evangelistic outreach can. We can't build a build a, 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 a well in India, but Carlisle Hannah can. We can't build a church in India, but Carlisle Hannah can. I can't travel across this nation preaching every night, but Brother Mike Blanton can. I can't. Uh, we can't have a Christian school with, with students and, and teach them the Bible and teach them everything that they need to know and keeping them out of the public school system to where they can get all of the God that they can but I know a church that can brother Chris Rumfeld's got a school up there let's help them amen I'm here to tell you God is doing some great things through his people and we don't need to let the devil talk us out of it I see his perception but I see his power Jesus has power over the devil (laughs) we're not a match for him but Jesus has that power. A little boy came into his daddy one day and said, Daddy, am I stronger than the devil? Daddy said, No, son, you're no match for the devil. He come back in and he said, Daddy, are you stronger than the devil? He said, No, son, I'm no match for the devil either. Then he come back in and he said, Daddy, 
Is, the, is, is, is Jesus scared of the devil? Is he a good match for the devil? He said, son, the devil is no match for Jesus Christ. The little boy looked at his daddy and said, well, I ain't scared of the devil then. You know why? Because he had Jesus in here. He had Jesus in here. Amen. Teach him up young. Amen. Jesus has the power over the devil. He has the power over death. And I want to go on record today. And it's recorded in the Bible that he broke up three different funerals. The widow of Nain's son. You can see it in the scripture. You can see Jairus' daughter here in this same chapter. Or the chapter before. And you can see Lazarus says he raised him from the dead. Listen, when Jesus showed up into a funeral, the undertakers started to shrill up because they knew they were fixing to lose their business. Amen. When Jesus shows up onto the scene, somebody's coming back to life. <laughs> but you know what? Not only was he bringing back the life of the dead here in the scripture, in the days in which we live, he is bringing back to life the spiritually dead. Those that don't know him as Lord and Savior. Jesus has the power to give you life today and raise you out of the deadness of sin. If you lay around with sin, if you lay around with the deadness of sin, it'll dr quickly drag you in and drag you under. Put me around some people that love the Lord. Uh, listen, I'm not saying you're not supposed to witness to those people and go to where they are to witness to them. But we don't have to make our bed with them, amen? Because we've got a higher standard in the Word of God than that, than living a, a, a sinful life in this world. But number three, I see it, the miraculous salvation. You see, salvation will change you. This demoniac was changed. The Bible says he was seated and clothed in his right mind. I notice one thing here. Jesus changed him before his clothes got changed. Listen, don't be too quick to judge somebody that don't know no better. I've seen many people that don't know no better. Not take it for granted. I know some that do. But I've seen some that don't know no better. And when Jesus gets in their heart, things change. Amen. Jesus changed him before his clothes changed. Jesus changed him before his appearance changed. Jesus changed him. Before anything changed. Jesus done the work on the inside. And it began to reflect on his outside. Jesus changed him. Salvation is an inside job. Amen. He'll begin to change you. But then you give him control. And he begins to control you. I want to be controlled by the Savior today. I don't want to come into the Turning Point Church and preach to you what I want to hear or what I want to preach to you. I want to preach to you what God would have me to say to you today. But not only that, He challenges us. In verse number 19, you can read down through there later if you'd like. We've already read it. What does the Bible say? This man named Legion, he's seated and clothed in his right mind. And he goes up to Jesus and he's wanting to leave with Jesus. He's wanting to go with Jesus. He's wanting to be a follower of Christ. But what was the challenge that Christ gave him? He said, nope, you go back into your hometown. You go back and tell your family. And you go tell your friend, family and friends what I have done for you. Isn't that what we should all be doing today? Going back to our abode, going back to our communities, going back to our homes and telling people what God's done for us. 
Oh, but preacher, everybody knows I'm a Christian. Hey, but maybe God done something for you today. God allowed us to get up and breathe this fresh air, even though it's full of pollen. Amen. Just thank God we got breath to breathe. Huh? Just thank God we've got good water to drink to quench our thirst. Just thank God we've got food on our table, shoes on our feet, and a roof over our head. Because I'm telling you today, there is a reason that each and every one of you are in this building today. I don't believe you're here by accident. I believe you're here by divine providence. I believe that God had it on your timetable and His too, that you would be here today. So let that be a challenge to you, that you leave this place today telling others about the great things that that God had done. Now listen, you can make a, a, only half's been told according to the word of God. And, 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 and a lot of things were not told. And a lot of times you can make assumptions uh, uh, when you think things that are not actually laid out for you in the word of God. I can imagine this man named Legion probably had a wife. He probably had a couple of kids. Uh, can you imagine this man that is clothed and in his right mind? That had been living for some time amongst the dead and in the tombs. Uh, himself uh, and gone slap crazy bound up by the world uh, and they tried to bind him and no one could tame him that is a picture of a lost man today nobody can tame a man let me say this you're contemplating getting married or, or if you in the future you're gonna get married i hope let me say this don't think you can change a man ladies don't think you can change a man men don't think you can change a lady the only one that can do the changing is God. Because I've heard this before in my office in premarital counseling. Preacher, they're not really right with God, but I think I can change them. I went, I'm not doing this ceremony. You've got trouble. What do you mean, preacher? I can change him. No, you can't. No, you can't. There ain't but one that can change him, and that's God. Amen? That's God. I can imagine this man had a family and then after he tried to go with Jesus and Christ said, no, go back to your home, go back to your community and let everybody know what I've done. I can see that man going back toward Decapolis. I can see the children that are in the, uh, the street that are playing uh, and all of a sudden the children see him coming uh, and they run in and hide uh, and they get behind the doors and they're like, oh no, here comes that madman, the demoniac from Gadara. Can you see him coming? Uh, he's walking down the street. The people, the men, the ladies, they're gathering the children together. They're going in the house because they know he's a wild man. They know he's a mean man. They know he's a devil-possessed man. But he has a different look about him and then all of a sudden he walks into his yard and his two kids look out at him and he begins to pet the dog or maybe pet the lamb and then all of a sudden they go in there and say mama daddy's at home daddy's here and she's like oh no he's back he's what is he going to do now and then the kids say mama but something's wrong he's coming in and he's petting the sheep and he's petting the dog and he's coming in and he comes into the house and he hugs his youngins and he pulls them up close to him and he grabs his wife and he brings her close to him and said honey I'm a brand new man there was a man by the name of Jesus that came upon the scene and took those demons and cast them out of me I put them in the swine and they committed suicide I'm here to tell you as they jumped off of that cliff and I'm here to tell you thanks be unto God whatever your need is today he'll be able to deliver for you some people live like they're possessed with the devil and some some people are just plain out mean. But I'm here to tell you, God can take away the meanness. God can take away the filth. God can take away it all in your life and make it right once again if you'll give him the opportunity to do so.
you know some mean people in this world. You've probably got mean people in your family. You think they possessed with a devil. Huh? Everybody, listen, everybody's got them. Don't think you don't. You know you do. You got somebody that you dread coming to the Christmas dinner. I guarantee you, there's somebody you dread coming. Like, oh no, they gotta come. I do. I say, oh God. Why? Because they're mean. They're ugly. Not physically. Ugly in spirit and heart. Ugly. Mean. You don't want to be around dead people. You know what gets around dead things? Buzzards. Buzzards is an unclean bird. I don't want to lay around with the buzzards eating on dead things. I want to soar with the eagles. Because he'll renew my strength. And put me up on eagle's wings. And pull me through anything I'm going through in this life. But that's when people need to see Christ in you. And when they see Christ in you, it may make a difference in their life that they would want to trade in their dead life for a life that's alive in Christ. But if they see you cussing, fussing, and ranting and raving the whole time, they're going to think they're just as good as you are. They ain't going to want what you got because you ain't got nothing different than they do. But if you live godly before them, oh God, help us all to live before others where people can see Christ in us. That's the only Bible a lot of people will read. I encourage you to do that today. Would you stand as we go to the Lord in prayer, as we give this invitation? I don't know what you may be going through today. I don't even know uh, who this might have been for, or who it spoke to. But I believe this, it spoke to somebody. But I've done all I can do. I surely can't save you. I can show you and tell you how to be saved. I can help you pray if you want to pray for someone or about something in your life. Listen, God can make all things well and He does all things well. There may be some things in your life and in your family that you really don't have any control over, but you want to reach out to God on behalf of those people. God can answer your prayer. Maybe you're here today and you've been fighting the battles of Satan saying one thing and God saying the other and you're trying to make the right decisions in life. May I say, choose Christ today. Have a little talk with Jesus. Maybe the enemy, Satan himself and his demonic forces of hell has battled you all week long. If that's the case, you can find refuge in Christ. All you have to do is come to Him. Come to Him. We'll surely help you pray today. Father, God, in Jesus' name, Lord, I've done all I can do. I pray that you do the rest. I pray that you would, Lord, speak to the hearts of each and every individual. And Lord, I pray that you would meet each and every need. And I'll thank you for all that you do. Lord, it's in your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. You come and you pray. Once I was straight in sin's dark valley.
got a great Savior today. Let him help you. Let him help you. It's okay. There you go. They searched through heaven. You may be the only prayer support that a person can get this morning. Because some people that are out of the will of God, they can't pray. They don't know how to pray. But you that are in tune with Christ today, you can get a prayer through.